Hi, this is Maddie from the Chicago chapter. It was a blast putting together this month's listening list for you on money. I'm well aware that speaking openly about money, investments, and income can sometimes feel uncomfortable and even taboo at times, but I truly hope you found this month's content enriching and practical. There are some scary statistics out there that we may all fall into at one time or another in our lives. For example, here's a number, $17,000. Standalone seems like a decent chunk of change. But unfortunately, $17,000 is the median retirement savings for families aged 56 to 61. Yikes. Or how about this? Almost half of student loan holders express concern about their ability to pay off their student debt. Hashtag crisis question mark. All right, before I go down the rabbit hole of financial fumbles, let me leave you with some hope and positivity. We all come from different backgrounds and go through different experiences in life. But let's learn from history and look towards the future when it comes to money. In addition to the episodes this month, there are so many great podcasts and resources out there. So why not use them for our own financial goals and aspirations? All right, everyone. Good luck out there. Hey, this is Adela. I'm so glad we just got to hear from Maddie, the podcast playlist curator. I'm here with Sarah. Hey. Hey, Sarah. So I have a question for you. What would you do with a million dollars? Well, I've been thinking about this. I mean, well, I don't think about it often because I feel like there's no way I'll have a million dollars in any time in the near future. But I I hope to have a million dollars. So I'd like to say that I would... (laughs) (laughs) that I would give some of it away. But in all honesty, I probably would hoard it. And I probably would try to build more wealth with it. Um, Mm. That's totally changed for me over time. As I've gotten older, I used to be very much a big spender. And I think I probably would still spend 20% and invest the rest. You know, some of the episodes this month, we're talking about the psychological kick that you get out of spending. And I, I totally, there's definitely something there for me about spending and almost feeling like you're kind of like blowing money on something. It's some probably something very deep in my psyche about that. But, um, but I think I would hoard the rest of it. That's totally changed for me over time. As I've gotten older, I want to like amass money now. Mm -hmm. So, and as far as what I would invest it in, um, you know, this month we heard some episodes, some, some interesting stuff about Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think I'm there yet with Bitcoin, but probably like something stable, some mutual funds. I'd probably mess around with my mix a little bit about how aggressive I was going to be, but um, I'm boring. I would hoard it. What would you do? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I would definitely invest it in real estate. I'm, I'm with you. I would want to build wealth. A million dollars is not enough yep. for me to start giving it away. I could maybe give away a little bit, but I would need a lot. I mean, it's not going to even let me quit my job, really. So I feel like you got to spend money to make money. And I would try to find ways to spend that money in order to make myself more money so that I could then do something good with it. But also, I think one of the first things, there are certain things that I would splurge on. And one of the things that I'd want to splurge on is like a world tour of visiting all the PVC chapters. (laughs) (laughs) We would, I would, I would appreciate if you would splurge your million part of your $1 million on that. That would be awesome. 
<laughs> That's the plan. <laughs> so let's hear from some of our community on what they would do with a million dollars. Hi, my name is Robert Smith. I'm a host and reporter for NPR's Planet Money podcast. And if I were given a million dollars, unfortunately, my answer is super boring. I would invest most of it in low-cost index funds. I would probably pay down my mortgage on my apartment here in New York City. And that's about it. I would probably not buy a single thing. But come retirement, I'd be super happy. Hi, this is Maddie from the Chicago chapter. With a million dollars, I'd first and foremost invest a lot of it just because of compounding interest over time and I'd want that money to keep growing. I'd also give to charities, some of my favorites in Chicago. And with the fun money, I would take a lot more trips with family and friends and I wouldn't be so stingy with my wine selection at the store. I'd probably tip Uber drivers like a ridiculously awesome amount. And I still would work just because sitting at home drives me crazy, but I honestly wouldn't worry about money anymore, which would be really, really nice. Hi, everyone. This is Valerie Landis from the Egology Club podcast. So a million dollars sounds like a lot of money, but a million dollars really doesn't get you very far. But if I had a million dollars that was magically in my bank account, I think that the first thing I would do beyond like just paying off all my debt, I think I would make sure that I use the million dollars for good. I want to build a legacy. I feel like there's such an amount of terrible problems in the world. And I have um, an educational website, experience.com. That's what my podcast is all about, Egology Club. And it helps people family plan, create this really great world for others to live in. I mean, there's just like this lack of education in sexual health and fertility. And, and so that's been my passion. And so I, I would want to do something on those lines. And then another really key point that I think the million dollars could be very useful for is, is helping the homeless. And I know that sounds like a, a really big problem that doesn't have it necessarily an easy solution. But I think that even if I became a millionaire, so to speak, I wouldn't stop working and I wouldn't stop building things for the world because I think that that would be a waste of anybody's life in general. But more so just because I have so much to give that I feel like it's important to inspire others to join this this fight as well. I am so excited that we got to hear from everyone about that conversation starter question from the playlist about what would they what would everyone do with a million dollars? It made me think a lot too and probably going to be thinking about that <laughs> more myself. Um, <laughs> but I'm here with Adela now and um, we are as we usually do. Because this is how every podcast brunch club meeting ever goes. We're going to go off on our tangent and talk about what else we have been listening to or what we would recommend. I have I have actually been listening to a fair amount of true crime. I've been binging. But none of the ones I've been listening to are like, you know, they're like really good to like binge, but they're not done yet. So I can't like say that I want to recommend one or the other yet. But I do right. want to talk about Reveal. So do you ever listen to Reveal, Adela? 
Oh my God, so much. Actually, I think <laughs> I'm pretty sure we've included a few episodes of Reveal on podcast playlists. Like I'm, yes, we, we included one in the water episode a few months ago, or the yeah, water playlist. Right. The uh, the, yeah. the Flint, Michigan thing. Yes, that's right. Yeah, and I love Al Letson. He's so great. <sighs> like he could do anything. Like oh my gosh, he's like he has such a beautiful voice. He is like he his, the way he tells stories is so engaging, and it's just. It's like thoughtful. You can tell he really thought about how he wanted to say something. Oh, my gosh. I could just listen to anything that he does. Um, And, you know, on Reveal, he's not always the reporter or, you know, he's not always the main host of each segment or even of the whole show. But he he is at the at the helm of Reveal. He's the main host. And, you know, for those of you have not listened to it, Reveal is an investigative journalism show and. Adele and I have been screaming all over Twitter about how some of these quote unquote true crime shows are really investigative journalism. They're not, they're reporting. It's not necessarily, you know, gory details of some crime. And I think that reveal a lot of times fits into this same bucket. A lot of times they're, they are talking about some incident that happened, some crime, some injustice that happened, but the story is told totally as if it's like a newspaper and Oh my gosh, I just, I just love it. There was an episode, I think it was last week, and it was about what's going on at the border. And it was so real time. It was like, this is, they, they talked to a man literally walking across the border and what happens to him. Um, he was trying to find his wife who had already come across the border. He was trying to find out if she had been detained or if she had been granted a, any kind of asylum status. Oh my gosh, it was so good. I just think like it's such high quality. I feel it's fairly unbiased reporting and they always go to the source. I just love that about Reveal. So like huge yeah. two thumbs up. Yeah. Ellison has just so much integrity, yes. which I appreciate. Yes. Did you listen to the episode where he, and I'm going to bungle this, he interviewed... The guy that's the head of that white nationalist Yes, Richard movement. Spencer, yes. Right. Oh, my gosh. Richard Spencer. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I don't know how he kept his stuff together oh, yeah. talking to, you know, Al Letson is a, a black man. Mm-hmm. And Richard Spencer is a, a white nationalist who wants to create a white nation state in America mm-hmm. and like how Al Letson was able to, first of all, talk to him in a way that wasn't like just screaming at the guy, mm-hmm. but also challenge him in a way that I don't think was super uncomfortable. I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure it was uncomfortable, but, you know, when you're talking to somebody that you have a polar opposite view of, it's hard to listen. Mm-hmm. And then it's hard to ask questions that seem like you're not trying to accuse them of something or whatever. And he just did such a fantastic job with them, with with the interview that that was the interview that just yep. pushed me over the edge yeah. into like ultimate outlets and fandom. Oh, my gosh. The outlets and reveals segments on reveal are like those are I just like get like super excited when those come out. He did one that's really memorable for me, too, was back in the beginning of 2017 with Vicente Fox. And he 
Vicente Fox like completely went off about the border wall. And um, it was like, oh my gosh, it was like the, it was like, it was a really short, it was, you know, 10 minutes or something like that. But it was like, we are not paying for this. Like, (laughs) um, right. President Trump has another thing coming to him. (laughs) Like it was like so um, candid and, yeah, even it, with the Richard Spencer thing too, like he, it's a very, it's still a very candid, like controlled conversation. And that was really good. I liked the Roger Stone one too. And then last week he, he did another one. He did um, Pussy Riot, the, one of the, one of the ladies from Pussy Riot um, talking about what, what things have been like for them in Russia. Oh my gosh. Right. So super fascinating. So he's like a yeah. master of asking just the right questions we, we didn't need to have a 45-minute interview with each of these people to really get their point across. And I loved that. I love those little outlets and reveals segments. Yeah, he's amazing. And he, I remember, this is not on the reveal podcast, but on the Everything mm-hmm. podcast that he did for Showcase through Radiotopia, which we talked about a few months ago. Um, he did a whole thing on, I think it was called Manhood, it was a yeah. whole reflection, yep. self-reflection on what he is as a man. And he looks at a friendship that he has with a man who, you know, he's known since he was a kid. And he just reflects on that on that friendship because this, this guy is a complete chauvinist. And Al just sort of let it go because he was a friend and he knows that he, you know, quote unquote, knows he didn't mean it in his heart and all this. And, and it's Al Letson sort of coming to terms with how he himself has contributed to this whole backlash and, and, and chauvinism and everything, even though he thinks that he's like doing all these good things for women and he's a feminist and all this but looking back and reflecting on some of the things that he did that he's not so proud of is I mean it's just so honest it was so honest really he's great big fan yeah I was like you know and we talked about this in a previous episode of this podcast but when I saw that um Radiotopia showcase was gonna do his podcast error thing I was like Oh my gosh, this could not get any better. Like <laughs> more Al Letson, another Al Letson show. Amazing. So um, anyway, I, yeah, I couldn't be a bigger fan. There's, I swear, I'm, I'm the Al, number one Al Letson fan. And uh, I just, you know, if you haven't heard Reveal, um, definitely check it out. It's really good investigative jur- journalism. And they look at all kinds of topics that are current. So many things that, have been just just really phenomenal reporting from Reveal. Totally. Hey, everyone. I want to tell you about a great, informative podcast called Bad With Money from Panoply. Host Gabby Dunn breaks down why money is such an emotional and cultural struggle in America. This season, Gabby's digging into potential solutions for fixing America's broken financial system and providing actions you can personally take to help improve things. You'll be enlightened and motivated by conversations with academics, politicians, activists, and even a presidential candidate. We all listened to an episode of Bad With Money on this podcast playlist on money, and we heard her chat with a presidential candidate about universal basic income. And I've actually spoken to Gabby at length and recorded an interview for the Podcast Brunch Club podcast. 
so you can check out the feed and go and listen to that chat. And you can listen to all episodes of Bad With Money on your favorite podcast app. Speaking of reporting, have you listened to Caliphate from the New York Times? Yes, I have. So I just finished it. Mm -hmm. And what did you think? I liked it. I thought it was very brave reporting. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I just said it around 10 times. Like, I'm a huge fan of tough investigative reporting, asking the tough questions. The host, I think she did a, a tremendous job of asking hard questions, putting herself in difficult and sometimes dangerous situations to get the actual answer of what she was looking for. And I think that's just really commendable. Made me think, reminded me a little bit of Kelly McEvers in Embedded, especially in that first season where she was, remember her going to El Salvador and, you know, being in these like crazy dangerous situations. So I don't know. I just, I really, I thought it was really, really brave. I did think that Parts of it were a little disjointed. And I think maybe it's a better one to binge listen so that you can really pay attention to everything, you know, one episode into the next. Maybe that was part of the issue for me. But I wasn't too sure, you know, when they were profiling the one guy who was, you know, pledged allegiance to ISIS. I wasn't sure how that tied into the greater story for quite a few episodes. (laughs) And so, um, and then in the end, there was this tremendous reporting on the ground, you know, frontline reporting in these bombed out buildings and everything. And that was like, awesome. So I really liked how it ended. And I, I think they did try to kind of tie it back together in the end with the Abu, Abu Husefa, I think was his name. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I really, I thought it was really a great effort to try and get a story that how else would you ever hear that? Yeah. I mean, I tend to agree there were parts that fell a little flat for me. I I thought the story of Abu Hasefa was riveting, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think getting that kind of perspective of somebody who participated in ISIS, and I think her point was, you know, she basically knows when people are BSing her, and 99% of the people that she's ever interviewed have been BSing her in terms of, like, the details of what has happened you know, and they're just sort of lying to get out of things and removing themselves from the situation and this and that. Yeah. But he was surprisingly honest about it, at least up front in the beginning, admitting his involvement in some really horrifying actions. Mm-hmm. And um, I thought it was really interesting was toward the end, and I hate to spoil this for anybody, but where he is talking to well so he goes back she sorry she goes back and she's talking to him but apparently this is after i guess the podcast already came out so it's that like one of those situations where real world and media intersect cuz she's telling this story and it starts like a while back mm-hmm. but then it sort of catches up to real time And the Canadian government is listening to the podcast Mm -hmm. and having sort of discussions about, oh, my God, why, you know, this guy is admitting to these really horrifying things on air with the New York Times. How is he walking free in our society? And 
I just find it really interesting. There are, there are a couple of, of times that that has happened in the recent past. One was with the jinx, right? With the guy, mm-hmm. Robert Durst, yep. who essentially on the last episode of the show admitted his involvement in these murders. And then the very next day, because HBO aired it, the FBI arrested him because of the documentary. And I think there's there's maybe one other that I can't remember right now, but I always find it so fascinating. Like, I feel like this is going to actually happen with In the Dark, too. Mm-hmm. I haven't listened to the episode 10 yet of In the Dark, the season two with um with the case of... Curtis Flowers. Oh, gosh. Yep. Yep. Flowers. J- Curtis Flowers. Right. I feel like that's probably there's, you know, it's an ongoing case. It's an active case. And, you know, it's going to be one of those situations that I think has something to do with it, you know, like where the, the case and the reporting intersect. Yes. And one has an impact on the other. Well, yeah. I mean, totally. The reporting has an impact on the case. Yeah, that, I know. That's like so that's something I guess I I love about the investigative journalism is like when it can actually make a difference in. Right. And I think that's what it's supposed to do, Mm -hmm, right? It's mm -hmm. investigative reporting. Like it's supposed to dig into an issue that is currently happening and potentially, you know, and and bring light to it, you know, public eyes on it so that it can, things can change for hopefully for the better, you know? Right. Yeah, I am. I am so excited. I cannot wait for tomorrow for the last episode of In the Dark um, to come out. I even, so I wrote exactly that. I wrote what, what, uh, when I reviewed the show for the last week, um, my, with my delicious ingredients list, which is my best podcast of each week, which you can find over at Audible Feast. I wrote that about In the Dark that I'm a little bit sad for the podcast to end. But uh, on the other hand, I can't wait to see what happens because something is going to come of this. Either, that DA Doug Evans is going to get recalled. I believe there there are some people petitioning to work on that right now, or something's going to happen if it, with with Curtis Flowers. I I'm positive yeah. something is going to happen. There's too much reasonable doubt that has been introduced by, and the way I wrote it up was by people who sh- should not be able to do as good of a job as law enforcement. Yet they've uncovered all kinds of stuff. So right. you know you can't ignore that once it's been found. Right. I think what's fascinating to me about that case is how has he been in prison this entire time? Yeah. Like, he's not guilty. And he's been in prison for 20 years. And, you know, like, they won't let him out on bail. I don't, I just don't understand how he's been in prison this long. That's crazy to me. Yep. So... Yeah, uh, so we are obviously recommending some <laughs> investigative journalism. Go learn, learn about some things going on in the news. Um, educate yourself, and you'll have something like you'll be. This is a really good uh, thing to talk to people about. You, you'll seem really smart if you lo- learn about these things. You can <laughs> say, "Oh, I, oh yeah, I totally know about the Curtis Flowers case." Um, totally. <laughs> so anyway, and and. As I always say, that is totally what I love about Podcast Brunch Club. It's like I, I feel like smarter because I, I learn about things that I didn't know about before. So my Podcast Brunch Club just met this past week. Oh, we had a happy hour actually last week in the middle of the oh, week. Yeah. And it was awesome. And we had a, a new person come this week. And I don't know. It was like so it's so fun having like a new person come. And then they think like, 
it's just yeah. you see people's eyes light up like, oh, yeah, I, I didn't know about that show. Like, oh, I totally want to listen to that. And, oh, you guys are totally as obsessed with podcasts as I am. So um, that was super fun. I know. And actually, I want to just a shout out to Stephen and Pia. I just met two of our members from our Minneapolis chapter. And Stephen is our audio editor on this podcast. And Pia, his girlfriend, is uh, the person who does all the Instagram stuff for PBC. And I finally met them today. They were driving through. They're going to Chicago. And we met up for brunch, of course, on a Monday, but still. And um, it's just fun to meet people too. like have a reason to meet, have like something to talk about. And it can morph into whatever. And they told me something that was really fun for me to hear is that they've become friends with the people that are in their brunch club that it it provided a way for them to make new friends. So that was like really fun for me to know because I just, I love to know that this is something that people are creating true connections through, you know? Totally. I feel the same way about my, my group here in Houston. Totally. Love, love seeing them and love connecting just about everything beyond podcasts too. So Love it. Get yourself to a podcast brunch club in-person meeting. You will have a great time. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, that's those are our recommendations. We're all about investigative journalism this month. And get yourself to an actual in-person meeting. And thank you, Stephen and Pia, for all that you've been doing for us. We will be coming to your feed soon with more interviews. And those will be with the creators of the shows on each of the playlists. And definitely get in touch with us anytime through the Podcast Brunch Club or the Audible Feast websites. Happy listening. Hey, everyone. This is Steve. I'm the leader of the Minneapolis Podcast Brunch Club, and I'm here with a little housekeeping. The music you heard this month on the PBC podcast and interviews is from an amazing resource called freemusicarchive.org. This episode in particular features the artist Audio Binger with their song City Lights. Podcast Brunch Club is organized by Adela, who continues to rock every day. And the PBC podcast is edited by me, Stephen Zampanti. You can connect with me and see what I'm working on on my website conceptualpodcasting.com. Thanks again for listening.